like I've spoken to so many photographers, it takes us a while to decide this is what my thing is going to be. And you put a lot of energy into something that you enjoy and then you get better at that craft. All right. So we have Sarisa Tulip here on the podcast. Sarisa, thanks for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you want to give us just a quick, you know, five minute intro, who you are, what you've been up to, what you're about. Okay. Um, so I'm Sarisa. I grew up in Northern Virginia. I was born in Arlington. Haven't gone far. Um, I'm a lifestyle photographer. I offer a bunch of different kinds of sessions and services. I work with some businesses, but um, my true love is families and newborns. It's just what comes the most naturally to me. Um, they're so fun. Um, let's see my background. I grew up thinking I was going to be a singer or some sort of a musician. Um, so it's always been creative. Uh, I studied English at Mason and I was a technical writer. I was in marketing. I was writing proposals full time for almost 10 years. And then I pivoted because my husband and I had our second child and I just wanted a more flexible schedule and I wanted to be more present emotionally and physically for our family. And I just wanted to fill my day with things that like really meant a lot to me. And so I jumped into this full time a few years ago. It was kind of a side hustle before that. And yeah, it's really, it's really grown. I really love it. I enjoy what I do. I love meeting people. Nice. Tell me a little bit about uh, getting into photography. You said you started out as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Like, why photography? Why not graphic design or anything else in the arts world? Like, why photography? So, photography, I kind of just fell into it. I had a friend who got into just shooting for fun, you know, back in the days when, like, Flickr was a huge thing. I don't know if you remember that. But um, she started posting, and I was like, this looks kind of fun. And I always noticed little details about my day, like shadows on the wall, um, cracks in the walls when I'm walking around, just the way like it was always about like objects, like still life in the beginning for me. And I was like, well, it seems kind of fun to it would be fun to photograph these little details that I'm noticing in my day just to immortalize them for me, like and just like share with people the beauty that I see in my day. And I originally said, I am not photographing people ever. Like, I'm just not going to do that. It's too hard. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to worry too much about what I'm doing. I just want it to be natural. And then a friend of mine was getting married and it was just going to be her, her husband, her sister, her niece, and the officiant. And she was like, I don't want photos. I just want it to be this like really low key, stress-free thing. And last minute, she was like, are you still available? I feel bad that my mom's not going to be there. Can you take photos? And I'm like, yeah, okay, for you, I will do this, like, just for fun. And it was so fun. Like, I didn't think that it would come so natural, naturally for me to photograph people, but just something about photographing, like, the dynamic between people, like, really natural interactions and – that takes the stress off of me. Like I thought it was going to be stressful and I was going to have to pose people. And then I realized it didn't have to be about that. And then it just turned into a, you know, I'll photograph my friend, I'll photograph their birthday party. And then it just grew and grew. And then 
when I wanted to pivot, it was it was just like, what do I really enjoy doing? And what do I think I could make an actual profitable business and have it fit into the kind of life that I want to have at home? And we just thought this would be a good time to try it out. You know, I need to make a change, so let's give it a shot. And then, you know, if it bombs, then I can just go back to full-time work. Like, it's fine. And and then at a certain point, I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to bomb. Like, this is going to work. I want to make this work. When you said, like, I'll never take portraits. Like, I'm not working with people. with Because, like, I always find it's interesting, like, because I've had those moments where you say, like, I'm never going to do this. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> but then you find, like, it's like, tell me about that. Like, why at first did you say, like, I'm never going to do portraits or like, I don't like portraits or like, what were, what were your kind of misconceptions that you had then? And like, what flipped it? Um, I just felt that it was going to be, I wouldn't say that like the difficulty is what turned me off about it, but I guess, so photography wasn't my background. I didn't study photography in school. So my idea of portrait photography was sitting people down and posing them and like, moving them to where I wanted them to be and telling them to smile at a certain point and like making sure you capture like very specific things. But it wasn't about that. Like, I mean, you know, some, some photographers are about that, but hardcore studio photography is somewhat that, yeah, or like fashion, but it didn't have to be that. And it kind of was in a sense, it was a variation of what I was interested in, which is like the details and the emotion in a moment. And that wasn't anything I had to manipulate. It was just something I had to see and capture the way that I wanted to capture it. So, um, so I guess it just wasn't, I just didn't see it the way that it could be beforehand. And then I just happened into it and then realized, oh, this is kind of the same shit just with people. Right. So, yeah. With portraits, like that's, that's what I struggle with in my little hobby photography world. It's like, because I, I think the same thing. It's like pose people or like what's the – you get the right masculine pose or right feminine pose or like did, – did you have to learn that or was that something that you learned over time or like what – or maybe this. Give me like a 101 school of portrait photography in your world. Like what what would that look like? If I wanted to get better at portrait photography, how would I do that? So I find the light. Like I find where – I like working with what I have. I, a lot of the time, bring lighting along with me just in case. But I really love the challenge of working with natural light because it just feels the most um, with the type of photography that I do. Um, so let me back up. The, the portrait sessions with families and newborns specifically. So sometimes I do the, like business shoots where we do use lighting. It is a little more um, intentional. But with like families and newborns, I like working with what we have because I feel like it's the most authentic to how those days and those moments feel with family specifically. Um, So first I look at lighting. Where in our location do I want to shoot? And then I kind of try to figure out how to make it the most natural for the people I'm working with. So if we're at a client's home, I'll be like, what would you normally be doing right now? Like, does the baby need to eat? Um, Does the toddler want a snack? Would you be changing a diaper right now? Go ahead and change the diaper. Like, I'll take pictures of what 
is actually just happening. And so I like to say I capture the family dynamic and just I like capturing who you are and what you do. And so when it comes to like posing people and actually manipulating the situation, it's really I try to be as hands off as possible. But sometimes I'll be like, can you just turn a little bit toward the light, but keep doing what you're doing and don't look at me like don't like pretend I am not here. And so I like try to take the pressure off of the first like 10 or so minutes of every session and just let everyone like warm up and kind of try to forget that I'm there. And sometimes we'll have, usually I ask ahead of time if there are certain shots that the client wants to make sure I get. And so in my head, I have this like mental list, like I need to get these shots and I just like check them off in my head. And once I get those out of the way, we can just be natural and chill. And I like to say that's what my sessions are like, just hanging out and like, I'll just talk and we'll like have a conversation. And that's what the session is basically. And they're always surprised that I've captured like these real moments and like, this is exactly how we feel right now. This is what our family feels like right now. And Yeah. So now I don't even know if I answered your question, but when it comes to like posing, you know, like sometimes I'll do prompts like. Or like, how do you get people out of their head? Because like, I feel like the more you try to pose someone, Mm -hmm. the more they're like a non, a non-professional is thinking about, okay, make sure my hand is here. Yeah. She said, turn my chin this way. All right. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you get them out of their head like that? Prompts. I use prompts. So like, um, usually it's ways to get people to laugh. Like if we're working with like, maybe older siblings, I'll be like, can you tell me an embarrassing story about sibling B? And then everyone starts telling stories and everyone loosens up a little bit. Like your body language changes, like your shoulders aren't as stiff. Um, And then everyone's laughing. And then you see like the family members who make eye contact in a certain way. Um, So I use prompts a lot and just conversation in general, just conversation in general and sometimes the initial response to a prompt or even like a posing thing where I'll be like, um, you know, walk toward me with your shoulders together. Like everyone like squeeze in really tight and walk, walk toward me like really slowly. This is more for like outdoor larger family sessions and it's awkward. Like it's really awkward at first and then everyone like breaks down laughing and the photos are awesome and they're natural and it's not actually posed and it's perfect so it's really just about hanging out really I mean I feel like that's what it comes down to just making it feel like just a hangout sesh versus a photography sesh how do you get into or how does one get into like family portraits lifestyle portraits or 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 how would you describe it and then like how would you like how do you get your first client as it you know I want to do newborns I want to do family portraits how do you like What's the first step to getting there? Well, I can tell you what I did and what I see, but then I know a lot of newborn photographers who got into it by finding a mentor, shadowing someone, someone who really took them under their wing and taught them, like, really taught them the industry. With me, I kind of just fell into it because um, it was word of mouth after after that first tiny wedding that I did. Um it was word of mouth and she was like, hey, do you want to take one year photos of our daughter? She's like, not really a cake smash, but just come over and take pictures of her birthday party. And then we'll do like some portraits afterward. And so for a while it was just for fun. 
because I was still saying like, I'm not going to do that. Like, this isn't my thing. I'm not going to take photos of people. Like, it's fun. I can do it, but it's not going to be my thing. So I just did it for free for friends for a little while. This was years ago, maybe like 10 years ago. Um, and then, and then it was word of mouth like, oh, hey, so you took pictures of my friend so-and-so's, you know, daughter. Would you be willing to take family photos for us for our Christmas card? And I'm like, hmm, okay, yeah, I'm like, for you, I will do this. And then it just kind of grew from there. And then I got more practice. And then I realized like this was my thing. And when I jumped into it full time, I did take like a wider range of jobs and then really realized that this is where my heart was because I really connected to these types of sessions. So I think it's looking at what you really connect with and what makes like what you're excited to go shoot. So if you're excited to go hang out with families and like hang out with kids, if you're good with kids, because that's a thing too, like not all photographers can photograph kids because you kind of have to click with them. Um, so yeah, I think it's about following whatever, whatever sparks your interest. And because you're also, you're going to be working with these photos after the photo shoot and you have to, you don't have to enjoy it, but it certainly makes it more fun. And I feel like that drives you to be better and like continue to grow that the, the skills that are involved in whatever session, whatever type of session you're going to specialize in. Can you tell me about your, that transition moment where you were about to go full-time with your photography world? Like, were you still at a nine-to-five? Were you uh, just taking care of the baby? Or, like, yeah. what kind of, you're like, it, uh. like what, what was critical mass? And you're like, this is the moment that we got to do it full-time. So I'm not going to lie. I did not go about it, like, the smartest way. I didn't, like, put a lot of prep into this. It was kind of, so I was in a nine-to-five like right after I graduated from Mason, I um, went into marketing first. And then two years later, I went into technical writing. And that kind of morphed into like a marketing proposal, technical writing type position in um, in a software company. And I did that for six years, six, seven years. And so it was nine to five. And it was I mean, not easy, but like it was – it was stable. I felt really secure in the company. I was already finding it kind of hard. And I know this isn't a new story, but I was finding it kind of hard to balance time with family, time at work, like checking work at the door so that I could be present for my family when I got home. And I'm like, it's going to be so much harder once we have a second one. Like I already am having a hard time divvying, divvying up my time with just one kid. And like it really, like it really made my heart hurt. I was like, we're going to have two and I barely have the time for the one that we have. And so, um, it was, how do I put this? It was just, I was just catapulted into needing to find something different for myself and for my family. Like I, I really just wanted to be there. And it's interesting cause I didn't think that I would feel this way when I became a mom. I thought that I would just be the same person and I would just also have kids. But like once I had kids, I was like, I really, I need something different. And we didn't really, we didn't plan for months and months for this. It was just, I went on maternity leave and I just didn't come back. I was just like, I'm just gonna 
we're going to do this now. And my husband was so supportive. Like, I don't know how he wasn't scared shitless. He was just like, sure, if this is what you love and this is what you want to do, let's give it a shot. As long as if we end up in a, if we end up in a bind, you got to be willing to pivot if we need to. And I'm like, sure. How far along were you in the photography, in your photography journey where you said we're going to go full time with it? Were you like three months in, a year in? Had you, Um, had you had done all those kind of free family sessions oh, yes. and, and the wedding. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it had been a side hustle for maybe four years and it was like on and off. Like sometimes I would be taking like a fair amount of jobs for, you know, not always free. Like at a certain point I started charging, but you know, not a ton. And so I felt confident that I could build it into something. And I had enough, I had enough interest that I felt like word of mouth could like help grow this. And, you know, I mean, my expectations were super high. And that first year was like I was sweating that entire first year as like, is this going to work? And I mean, I got jobs like right off the bat. Um, But it was, you know, daily like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And I would say my biggest piece of advice for anyone starting a business and especially like a creative business is that it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a sprint. It's all about, um, being resilient and just trusting that if this is what you want to do, you need to just stick with it. Cause you could be on the verge of your big break and quit because you're freaking the fuck out, you know? Um, and yeah, so we didn't really we didn't put a whole lot of planning into it. And I just like trusted that my love for it, my love for my family was going to drive it. And I mean, ultimately it did. Um, like, thank goodness for my husband being so supportive and calm. Like, this guy is the calmest guy I know. <laughs> so, um, so it's worked out and it's growing. And yeah. I mean, of course, for everyone out there who's, like, thinking about making a change like this, it's better to, like, plan ahead and, like, set money aside for that, you know, couple of years. Two to, they say, like, the sweet spot is, like, three-ish years. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be hard in the beginning. So Three years of, like, runway or savings or? No, three years. Uh, so people say the sweet spot is three years after starting a business where things, like, really go on the up and up. So that's what they say. I put that in quotes. Or, or it goes <laughs> up or like, like by, by the third year, like if you don't yeah. have anything, then it's, it might be obvious that the. Well, yeah. And that's what I told myself. I was like, let's do like two to three years. And if it doesn't seem like it has a whole lot of promise, then, you know, I'll think about pivoting. And my husband was comfortable with that time frame. You said it's a marathon, not a sprint. What are some behaviors that you've seen out there or maybe even your own behaviors that are in these sort of sprint category there, I would, I'm assuming you mean like kind of short term, like payoff soon, not payoff in the long run. What are some like, what are some kind of pitfalls to watch out for as a photographer? Like, don't do this short term behavior. This is just, you're just trying to make quick cash. Don't do that. For me, a lot of it was expectations. Like, I think I, um, I went in thinking this is going to be a piece of cake. Like people already, you know, I have a pretty good following and then once they share my posts, like people are going to book and everything's going to be fine. Like, you know, give it a few months and then everything will be up and running. And 
you know, it was just having expectations that were way too high. Um, and so I think it's about building slowly and a big thing for me that took a, it took a hot minute is to choose, like we talked about, like I specialize in newborns and families and it took me a while to realize that that was like my thing. Like, I mean, I knew it was my thing, but it took me a while to realize like, that's really what I should put my main focus on. I think that's really important, um, especially for photographers. Like I've spoken to so many photographers. It takes us a while to decide, you know, this is what my thing is going to be. And you put a lot of energy into something that you enjoy and then you get better at that craft. And, um, and then it, it's just obvious to the people that you're marketing to also. Like at the first year, I'm sure a photographer or even yourself would be like, you just take any job you can. Yeah. So you're like, I don't really have a specialty. I just need cash right now. Yes. And but I guess, so that would be a big, that would be a big pitfall to avoid is, um, cause I mean, you're going to burn out too. If you're taking like all of, all of these jobs that you don't particularly want to take and you're not, um, I guess it's looking at the long term. Like, where do you actually want? I'm I'm jumping all over the place here. But like, if in the first year you're taking a bunch of different kinds of jobs, I mean, I guess that's good because you get to try out and see like what you do click with. But um, when you look at the long term, when you look at, you know, three to five years down the line, what do you want to have spent your energy doing? Like it's and it's pacing yourself. It's being as intentional as possible with the choices that you make as far as jobs and um, pricing. I like, I don't, I hate talking about pricing, but like when you, when you look at pricing, you don't want to start too low. Like you, you're training people how to look at you and how to, how to look at your services, look at the value in what you give to them. So like, I just always say, don't start off like a discount photographer, you know? Um, so I think that's a pitfall too, because then you're going to spend a lot of time building up to where you want to be if you've presented yourself as a budget photographer, I guess. Is it just starting out, you know, in the first years is it starting out doing as many things as possible or just basically, you know, just trying to get the cash to survive. But then like as year two, year three, you're kind of just shaving away, um, certain aspects of your portfolio, like all right, less business portraits, less weddings. And then by the third year, like your niche is, you know, family portraits. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it. Like ideally, ideally I would have done that type of exploration before I went into it full time. I think like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but um, ideally that's what I would have done. And I mean, I kind of did that to a degree, but like not enough to really say, you know, I have like 10 weddings under my belt, don't really want to do weddings. I have, you know, a bunch of business, like corporate headshots that I've done, don't really want to do that. I, I hadn't really gotten to that point yet when I started. So, I mean, that's what my journey looked like. My my first year was taking whatever I could and saying, yes, I will do that. And I learned, I mean, every every bit of that was a learning experience. I don't regret any jobs that I took on. Um, you know, and there's also something about like, it was my side hustle for a while, but until you're really putting like 
a lot of your energy into it, I feel like you can't really grow um, at a rapid rate. Like the way that my work creatively grew within that first year is crazy. Um, Like I thought I had a good handle on what I wanted to do and how like technically I was going to do it when I first started. And I totally didn't like to do, to focus your energy on it every day. And like, even in the downtimes when I wasn't getting a whole lot of work, I would photograph my kids or I'd go for a walk and take photos and like experiment and I didn't have the headspace to do that when I had a nine to five also. So, you know, I guess there's just something to be said about having time. So there are people in a nine to five that mm-hmm. want to be free time or full time freelance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're having to like split time or they do the, you know, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. kind of yeah. behavior. Yes. Everyone has the same amount of time in a day. And it's just, you know, I really admire people who can who can build a legit business and have a nine to five and like a really demanding nine to five and go home and completely form a complete second business before they ever leave their nine to five. I'm like, how are you people doing this? I I don't know how. Um, So, I mean, people can do that. I'm not saying you, you need to not be working a nine to five to build something like this, but. But if you had 18 hours in the day to fully commit to your you know, your yeah. own business, then yeah, it's going to be oh, yeah. a better investment. I always listen to Gary Vee. He talks about like being half pregnant with it. Like, yeah, you, like yeah. there's no way to like, you can't half ass this. You have to like either fully commit to it or fully commit to like the nine to five job, save money and then start. Yes. So, but that was good. Um, tell me about your clients with family portraits, newborns, uh, and how that compares to say like a wedding client. And then, cause you say it's word of mouth. How, how word of mouth is it versus say a wedding or like how much new business are you generating or how much like referral business is it? Um, cause I don't know anything about newborn photography or like family portraits or like that business. Like how are you going about finding clients, finding new clients? Um, or are you just focusing on the friends of the people that you've already photographed? So, um, I would say the first solid like year and a half were mostly just word of mouth or my like happening to post at the right time on a Facebook group um, advertising just myself. Um, That was the first year and a half. And that's like, it felt like it was pulling teeth for a while Um, because the thing about family photography is people can absolutely love your work and be like totally like devoted clients. They're not going to go to anyone else, but how often are you going to need family portraits? It's not like that's something I'm going to get from them every month. You know, I'm not going to be photographing a family every month. Um, so they would share and then I get like inquiries here and there. But I'd say at about the year and a half mark is when I started getting more random inquiries. So, I mean, it does, it grows. People totally outside of your network. Yeah. Okay. Um, just from like Google searching or um But I mean, a good amount of it is still word of mouth, like just previous clients responding to like people asking on Facebook if anyone knows a photographer or um, just posting the photos that I've taken of them and then people asking who it was and them giving credit. And then, you know, I saw your photos that you did for so-and-so. So 
just wondering what your pricing is for this type of session. Or even just, I mean, I've met some clients at the park when I've been at the park with my kids and, you know, just striking up a conversation, which, and this is going on a tangent, that was something I could not do very well when I first went into business um, because I'm really, I'm actually really introverted. Um, So, you know, I'm a lot less awkward than I used to be. But I'm still, like, fairly awkward with conversation. And, um, like, this business has, like, forced me to learn how to talk to people. And, like, the parents club is, like, a crazy club where you can just talk to any other parent and be like, yeah, so sleepless nights. And, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, I mean, there's just so much that you can talk about. Um, So, I don't know. I guess – over time, just the ways that you get inquiries grows. But in the beginning, I think it really is mostly word of mouth and you're like committing to talking yourself up, which is weird at first, especially if you're just starting out. Um, And I guess as it compares to weddings, it's just totally, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same kind of thing, but it's just completely different groups of people that you're working with. Yeah, I mean, is it like the same types of clients or you know, are they still, are they still price shopping? Are they still like, just send me your prices. I don't care what your work is. Is it, is it that kind of, or like, even like how demanding they are or can be? Yeah. Like a bride versus a, a new mother. Yeah. And their, and their, you know, their phot- photography session, like who's going to be more demanding? I mean, definitely the bride is for sure. Um, it is, it is mostly, no, I mean, there are a bunch of different kinds of clients and some are going to be shopping for style and some are going to be shopping for price. And, um, I mean, the kicker for me with like kind of backing off from weddings is that it's, it just didn't feel as natural to me because you do, you have a larger checklist of the photos that you need in a wedding. Um, and I feel like my, my creativity really shines in family sessions because it's, it's not about a big checklist. It's about just capturing who, who they are. Um, so I think now when it comes to my inquiries, more often than not, it's not so much about price. I mean, of course, price matters, but um, it's more about like, I've been following you on Instagram. I looked at your website. I really like this, like your work style. And I also really like your approach. I think that would be a really good fit for us because we have these young kids and it's not going to be um, like a stiff type of photo shoot. It's not like, you know, I don't have expectations that everyone's going to look at me in all of the photos, you know. So I think that's where it's shifted and that's the kind of client that I want, the kind of client that's like, I really like your work and I really like you. And that's a big part of it too. Um, just clients who feel that, you know, going back to it being a hangout sesh, like clients who want to spend time with me. Um, so that's kind of how my inquiries have shifted over time. It did used to be more about price. And then when I kind of really honed what my style is and who my client is, because I'm really, I'm not for everyone. Um, then like the clients that I want are finding me now. So, 
I've totally morphed your question into Thanks. something else. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, with you said you don't like talking about pricing or that you hate talking about pricing, which makes you want to talk more about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> um, what are what are like the financials of of portrait session, family portrait session, or like what can they expect with the budget range, or like what? I mean, not go like too specific, but um, I'm curious how you figured out your pricing model, how you figured out what to charge. Yeah. Um, and is it more than weddings, less than weddings, or is it more profitable than weddings? Is it a better use of your time when it comes to money? So, I mean, weddings are the money maker, like in general. Like if I, if all I cared about was money, I would go hard on the weddings and I would do whatever I could to get my skills to where I want them to be for weddings because weddings are pretty predictable. Um, like people book you pretty far out for weddings. You know, I'm going to make what I need to make in June of 2020. You know, like I know I'm set for t- June, 2020. I'm set for these months and then I need to fill in these months, you know, like weddings are, I don't know. Weddings are awesome financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, could be $10,000, could be thousands of dollars potentially. Yeah. Um, but so with the type of sessions that I do, sometimes people don't book more than two weeks ahead of time. Like I've just had a baby. I would like to book you for a newborn session. Um, but I already had my baby. So now we have like two weeks to schedule. So it like, it pops up. And I mean, I'd probably need to book like two and a half newborn sessions to equal like a lower end wedding, wedding photographer. But you know, that wedding photographer is putting like a 10 hour day in. Yeah. Let's break it down. It's like, yeah, it's a 10 yeah. hour day. And then all of the editing. And the thousands of photos. Like so much editing. Um, and the like bickering and back and forth and I don't like how I look in this photo and Mm -hmm. yeah. With my session pricing. So there's a wide range for family and newborn photographers. And you know, there are so many photographers in the DC area. And if you just look at, I can send you one later. If you just look at a conversation on a Facebook group for someone looking for a newborn photographer, you'll have people who say like, I'm just starting out. I'll do it for free. And then you have people who are like, I will give you all of the images for this lump sum. And, you know, and like I said, there are different clients. There are clients who are just price shopping and there are clients who want a very specific feel to their photos. There are clients who want posed their clients who don't want posed and they want it to be totally just lifestyle. Were you, were you that person at first who was like, yeah, I'll do it for free. And then you saw like other photographers. I mean, or do you look down on that now that you are making money that like this, this young photographer is charging free? No, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a place for that. Um, the only thing that I do kind of scoff at is when um, someone who is actually a photographer is discounting their services from the get-go. Like, I will give you all of the photos for this low price. And, you know, maybe they are in a place where they need to make some cash. Okay, I get it. But as an industry, I feel like we all, in a way, need to support each other and charge what's fair. Like, you're this person who's offering a discount is still going to put in the same amount of time 
that another photographer would put into this session. Um, but in the beginning, I mean, my prices were lower, not because I wanted more business, just because I didn't really understand um, how to price that value. And because I was lower priced, the clients I was getting were the clients who were price shopping because they're looking for, you know, the budget photographers and my pricing fell a little lower. So I was competing with the other photographers who were willing to do it for like a hundred bucks. And at a certain point I was like, I need to raise my pricing because I need to go for the clients who don't mind actually paying for this value. Um, so at a certain point I was like, okay, so how many, how many sessions can I feasibly take on in a month? And how much do I want to make in a month? And how do I need to price this to reflect that? And I was talking with a photographer friend of mine. Um, she was like, hey, so let's, let's look at how many hours you actually put into your shoots. It came up to be like eight hours total, like communica communicating, like the lead time, um, the actual shoot, travel time to the shoots, all the editing time delivering the gallery, communication after I deliver the gallery, um, the sale, any like print ordering I need to do, um, really understanding the value of what I'm delivering. And I mean, that did take some time because, you know, I was growing my business and I was developing my processes and, you know, looking at what I am going to give to every single client and looking at the value of that and pricing that and, not being ashamed of what that is worth and just knowing that a good amount of clients are going to say that's too much for me and that's fine. Like I want clients who trust that what they're paying is um, worth, like my, my work is worth what they're paying. I think the creative field or like creatives in general are like very scared to, I mean, it's scary to like, to, I guess, is it a rejection thing? Is it a, like, I don't want people, like, I don't want people to say no to me or or if they're saying no to my price they're saying no no to me yeah and then even the when to raise your prices should i raise my prices how do i raise my prices like it seems at first at first for me and maybe for you it seemed very complicated or it seemed yeah impossible there's no way i can raise my prices and yeah. then and then you just raise it and then somebody says yes and you, that's your new price level mm -hmm. is that how is that how it should work or is that or like how do you – if you did start out $100, then how did you increase your prices to what you are now? And then like how do you how do you foresee yourself like raising your prices even further? I think owning a business, like you just need – you just need really giant nuts to do this. Like you just really do. You need to just say like I'm going to – I'm going to charge what I'm worth even if – that means that I am charging, you know, $300 more than I was charging last month. Like, this is what I'm worth. This is what I need to charge to make my time worth it, um, to make the time that I'm away from my family worth it. Um, and also, I feel like if you're charging what you're worth, you're going to put more, you're, you're going to put more of yourself into the work that you're doing because, I mean, I don't know, you just have to charge what is worth your time and what you're not going to resent to yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. yeah. And, um, 
you know, so there are times when I've been like, maybe I should wait until the end of the year to raise my prices. And then I'm like, no, like it's not then in the, you know, four months or whatever it was that one year that I raised my prices in the four months that I don't raise my prices. This is, this is what I'm going to miss out on. And these are all of the hours I'm going to put into this work. And, you know, and some of the fear is, you know, some of the clients who are looking at me are going to stop looking at me, but who cares? Like then they're not, they're not your ideal client. Then they are price shopping. And I mean, that's fine. There is a place, there's a place for every type of work and like every type of client would be matched with a certain photographer. Like I get that, but you just need to do, you need to look out for yourself and you need to look out for your time. And time is so valuable. Like, and decisions that you make now for your business are going to affect you years down the line. You're wasting, you're wasting time that you could be building on top of a higher, like a taller foundation. One exercise I saw, I was watching this video about creatives, like setting their prices. And one role play they did was like to, uh, to price negotiate as if you're for yourself, as if you're negotiating for your friend. Mm. Like if a, if a client, oh, if a client like came to so you much. asking about your friend yeah. and you were the, the middleman, mm-hmm. how would you negotiate the price? Like, no, no, my friend is worth more than this. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, take that and put it onto yourself mm-hmm. and like, or, or you're the little girl Yeah. and like, no, 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 like, don't, don't talk like that. <laughs> this is. This is my price. This is her price. Yeah. This is what she's going to charge. She will not back down. Yeah. No, I really like that a lot. Sometimes sometimes when I go through that now, I try to think about what my cousin or best friend would – my cousin slash best friend um, would say if I, like, messaged her right then and said, like, oh, I'm thinking about maybe I should offer a discount because blah, blah, blah. Like, I try to think about what she says and she'll be like, you know – how much time are you going to put into this? You're going to be so tired. Like, are you going to find this worth it a week from now when you're editing everything? <laughs> like, usually it's no. So I'm like, okay, I shouldn't back down. So that's really good. I like that a lot. Um, I'm curious about uh, kind of where we are now. Yeah. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about it and how that's changed your business. And because you, you were working at home. And now we're here at a co-working space. Tell me about that. So we're at Foster Collaborative. Um, I joined last August, so August 2018. And I feel like it completely changed everything about my business. Like, I mean, not, not the foundation that we built on, like what I was in love with, but I just started to take myself more seriously. Um, And I'll clarify, I don't really do like a ton of my editing here, but it's just knowing that I have a space to go to, to do business. And it's this, um, if you just look it up online, you'll, you'll find so many photos of this place. It's so bright and it's a blank canvas. You can do whatever you want with it. It just feels the vibes here are just amazing. And when I walked in just to look at the place, I was like, yeah, I'm sold. I'm, I'm joining. And I had inquired when we were at capacity and, um, one of the co-founders, Elizabeth was like, yeah, I'm sorry. We're at capacity, but I'll keep your name. Um, and I'll let you know if any spaces open up. And a couple of months later she was like, so we are looking to onboard another member. Like, would you be interested? 
And the next week I came in at like 6 a.m. Um, and just did a bunch of admin stuff on my laptop. And it just, I feel like it just changed everything just to feel like I have a space that's just for me. I get away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, set, set up the home office for us because at this point now you have two kids. Yes. So like, <laughs> what was the home office like to the point where you're like, I gotta get out of here. So in, in, in the nicest way, like you love your yeah, kids. But no, like, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, they're the reason I did this to begin with. Um, but they're crazy and I don't know. They have a sixth sense. Like if I wake up super early and it's like totally not my schedule and they're still asleep in their room, if I get up, at like 5.30, they somehow know that I am up and they will show up. Like my home office is downstairs. Gonna knock out some emails. Yeah. Go, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I like put on a podcast, like on my headphones, like I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. And then like that is the morning that they're going to wake up early and they'll want to just hang out quietly next to me, but they're not going to hang out quietly. Like they want all of the things. So... At a certain point, I was like, I need to get out of the house to get some of this stuff done. And I mean, as they get a little older, it's helping. I can get up and like do a couple of hours of work in the morning now at home. But when I really need to focus or I just need, even if I just need to be like inspired and kind of center myself again, I come here to do some of my work. And then also just having it as a studio space. A lot of photographers use this as, you know, just a studio and I can block it off privately it's like my backup location for outdoor um shoots in dc i do a lot of shoots that start here as the home base then we walk around georgetown i have my go-to spots and it's also an event space and i've had a couple of events here um so it's just and just the community that came with it has been like it's invaluable it's amazing um just a bunch of creatives and then people who work with creatives and just to have people to like shoot ideas off of i mean it's foster collaborative and i've collaborated with several other people like makeup artists photographers um it's just amazing for so many reasons what does it do for maybe we can broaden it to just like all co-working spaces or like is there like what's the mindset shift going from a home office into sort of a public space. Like we talked about a little bit before the podcast, like, or I said it, like you had to kind of act like an adult. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, I feel like the home office, you fall into the little trap sometimes or like you're watching TV or Mm -hmm. like no one's there to like, there's not that like social pressure to do your work. Yeah. So do you find that when you come to a co-working space that you had that social pressure that like, even though they're not looking over your shoulder, like they can see that you're not doing your work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I think for me, or does that even, is that even a factor to you? To me, that's actually not as much of a factor from the beginning. I always said like this business felt like I felt like I was alone in this. My husband would always be like, no, you're not alone in this. Like I'm here with you. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of like, it's kind of on me, like to make this succeed. And, um, you know, if I fuck up, it's just me. Like I fucked up. I'm not, I can't hide behind whole organization like it this is just me and so it felt lonely a lot of the time and just to come here to be with other small business owners most of them like in it 
like just by themselves as well. Um, you know, I'm not alone and I have people to bounce ideas off of and I have people to cry to when like shit goes bad. And like, for me, it, it was a lot that, and also just, I mean, a lot of it was also social, just feeling like, like I'm part of something bigger and it's not, it, it isn't just me. So, I mean, you know, it's feeling like I have company, but also just, you know, getting into the city is amazing. Um, I live just, I live outside of DC, um, I'm like 20 minutes away. It's not a big deal, but. And there's a different mindset. Yeah. Coming in here. Yeah. Than just going downstairs to the home yeah. office. Yeah. Let me set it up for you. Like plug away your work. Where can we find your website, Instagram, all that stuff? Um, so my website is sarisaphotography.com. So that's C-E-R-I-S-S-A photography.com. Um, and it's Sarisa Photography on IG too. Is it IG or Insta these days? Whatever. <laughs> the gram. <laughs> the gram. Um, and yeah, I post a lot about myself so you can get to know me before you even talk to me. But um, reach out if you just want to say hi. Um, I really like getting to know people like long before they even need to book me for anything. Um, I think it's really important for people to know who they're inviting to spend time with them. And yeah. Cool. How far out should they book? Are you like... I mean, there are always, there's always the chance that I will have a last minute opening. Like if someone needs to reschedule or a baby's arriving a little bit late mm -hmm. or a baby arrived early. So now I have a slot open. So you can always inquire if you're looking for something. If you think you may need me for something, just reach out and let's start the conversation now. Well, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. That's been awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, episode's over. Before you swipe away, I have two things for you to check out. Okay, maybe three, but just kind of stick with me. Number one is my daily email for photographers. Each day I'm sending out short, actionable lessons on how to improve the business side of your photography business. You'll learn about marketing, strategy, pricing your work, and so much more. Sign up for the first five lessons on jordanpanderson.com. It's my name with .com. It's, it's pretty easy to remember. Number two, and this is a big one, I'm offering one-on-one -on -one coaching for photographers who are looking to accelerate their business, get consistent leads, and build a brand they're proud of. Schedule a time to chat at jordanpanderson.com slash coaching. Last is number three. It's this podcast. I'm not asking you to subscribe or go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a little bit, it's a little bit overdone. But I am asking you to go back, find an episode that resonates with you, download it, and give it a listen. My name is Jordan P. Anderson. I help photographers who hate marketing, and I'll see you on the next episode.